0: Hello, and welcome to the With Flow podcast, a weekly show for high-achieving, purpose-driven women who are ready to ditch the hustle. I'm your host, Laura from Business With Flow, cyclical business mentor and systems and planning queen. My mission is to empower you to run your business and your launches without the burnout. In this podcast, we'll be chatting all things cycle syncing, intuition, and doing business your way combined with some of the more practical aspects, like systems and planning and tech. So let's jump into this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to the With Flow podcast. Now this week, I have another amazing guest to share with you. And can I just say, this conversation is amazing. This week, I'm chatting with Shannon Dunn from The Thrive Factor. If you don't know Shannon, she is an international award-winning business and leadership coach, speaker, retreat leader, and best-selling author. Shannon has been in business over 16 years leading her own coaching and consulting company, The Thrive Factor Co. Shannon coaches ambitious and genius souls to turn their lived and learned experiences, i.e. their wisdom, into income streams, and wildly profitable ones at that. She is obsessed with creating ease by releasing the trappings of unhealthy hustle, which you know we love around here, and instead carving out your own path as the rebel that you are. In this episode, we have a really great chat about Shannon's Thrive Factor framework, and in particular her 12 Thrive Factor archetypes. So if you love personality quizzes, learning about yourself, or anything to do with archetypes, you're really going to love this conversation. So let's jump in. Hello, Shannon. Welcome to the With Flow podcast. It's so good to have you here. I'm so happy to be here and to chat with you. It's been too long between to have been catching up. Yes, it has. Now, you and I, obviously, we, we know each other a little bit, and you know that I love Love, love the archetypes. So I'm really excited to have a chat about those today. Can you maybe share a little bit about how the archetypes came to be? Like, why was it that you went and created this framework? And then we can maybe explore a little bit about what the archetypes are and what they
1: mean. Awesome. It's like, okay, straight into a big question. <laughs> I love it, Laura. <laughs> Let's just dive straight in. We're not good We're going to show away from the big questions, right? But, and I'd love it for you to weave in when we're as we're chatting what your archetypes are as well, mm. help everyone listening yes. open, understand them more. So the archetypes you're referring to are part of what I refer to as the Thrive Factor Framework, which is an archetypal system, if you like, what of a better word, of twelve unique individual archetypes. And when we learn what our own archetypes are, it's through a profiling process and then coaching to follow up with that to support the women or those that identify as female to really understand themselves from the the I guess it's the, the perspective of their ancient psychology. And so there were 12 archetypes, but in our own unique profiles, we can have anywhere between three and six. So like I know I've got four. Can't remember how many you I've got five. Four. Yeah I was thinking, yeah. So that's and every one of us will have our own unique expression of those archetypes, even if we have the same archetypes in our profile. But to go back to answering your question before I talk too much about what it actually is, where did it come from, I have always had a fascination for as long as I can remember with people and understanding more about how people interact with each other. I think it's part of that kind of the, you know, the ancient philosophers supposedly mused on the, you know, know thyself and, you know, to who am I kind of thing is that one of the ultimate questions that every human being has asked multiple times in the world in their lifetime, right? So I have always just been so interested in that, not so much initially about me, but about understanding the dynamics between the people in my world. So as a younger person, that was mostly my family, like teachers at school, friends, those kind of, you know, individuals that we have in our kind of our immediate community when we're younger. So I was that kind of nerdy kid. I have the mentor teacher archetype, which is the archetype that loves to learn and can have a almost, you know insatiable, unquestionable kind of thirst for knowledge. Okay. I know her well. I know you do. <laughs> I was a kid kind of that was nerding out in the library because, you know, you didn't have the internet when I went to high school. I aged myself. Yep. But, you know, um, but looking up information and, and finding books around psychology. And this is when I first came across the work of Carl Jung So I was in my mid-teens at the time. And he's done an extensive body of work on archetypes, sort of in the early 19th century. Um, and it just fascinated me that there was this kind of way to look at people. And then there's been ensuing things beyond that, different study that I did, self-learning that I did, like random seminars that I did, even when I was traveling and living overseas, not just in Australia, uh, and other variations of study and formal qualifications. And archetypes just kept showing up again and again and again. It was like, I can't get away from this thing. It made sense to me. So I was clearly drawn to other kinds of learning and experiences that were archetypally focused or included archetypes. And when I studied my transpersonal art therapy qualifications, which was, good as me, I graduated at about 2005, and five six, from memory, there was a big chunk of archetypal work in Jungian psychology And other variations of archetypes in that. So that ignited another depth of learning. And, you know, we had the internet by then, so we could come and research in a different way. And I looked at lots of different archetypal frameworks and and the kind of origins of archetypal psychology, and it just made sense to me. And then I kind of parked that for a bit. At the same time, I had started my business. I was doing some therapy work. I was also starting to work as a coach because I'd worked in the coaching industry in the corporate environment. So I had some coaching training from that perspective and then ended up really moving into coaching as my predominant. The therapeutic aspect is still there, but I don't work as a therapist or counsellor. The coaching is far more, where are we now? Where are we going to go? How do we work that way? Rather than now, let's examine all the things that happened, which is a very generalist view of counselling and therapy. And I don't dismiss it at all, but that's not the way I know I work better. Thanks probably to my inspiring believer. I <laughs> I, she's all that. oh, what am I want to moving forward? So, um, then now I realized that in the, I was major, majority from the very beginning, I have worked with mostly female clients in the work that I've done. And I was starting to see patterns in their behavior, in their frustrations, in their celebrations, in their language in their emotions in their dreams. I was like, oh, wait a second, this is like all of archetypes here. And I literally, this is about 2009, I began documenting what I was observing. And before long, I had 12 archetypes. I've tried to add to it. It's been those original 12 with the same original names since the beginning. Uh, I, and I have tried, the Liberator engineer and me, one of my archetypes quite to push the boundaries. So she's the rebel. Let's see if we can make this fit and work another way. So I've tried to to challenge that, but no, the 12 have been solid since that very early time. And then I began, it was about 2010, I began referring to the archetypes before I actually had a way to kind of assess as the is as the word I use, but to give people a chance to really confirm what their archetypes were. I could see them, I could hear them, I could share enough that helped people to understand. And the whole premise behind it was to create more self-awareness and self-understanding. So really tap people into the psychology of who they are, and uh, I wouldn't even use the word thriving at the time back then. <laughs> that came later on, and now iteration. Um, uh, But you know, then I formalised that with a, an initial assessment, and now we have we've gone from that all those years ago, twelve years ago now to you know me also having Thrive Factor School where I have a coach certification in you know the art of Thrive Factor profiling and coaching. So that's the short history, Laura.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing and it, interesting, isn't it? That those the archetypes just keep coming back and back and back until you until you listen. <laughs>
1: well, and even in those, not immediately, I had a, a great level of excitement sharing some of the archetypes with the women, where they were really obvious what some of their archetypes could be. But then there was periods of time where you know using the word archetype, even in those kind of mid two, early to you know two thousand six to two thousand Oh, so yeah, 2010, because I did talk about archetypes when I was studying, but not didn't have my own framework. And then I was kind of early 2010 to probably about 14. And people just look at me with this kind of blank, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then I'd explain the psychological framework and archetypal psychology. And then I get, oh, that's a bit weird and woo-woo, which <laughs> psychology people it's not woo woo and there's nothing wrong with woo woo either but you know let's not get and dismiss something because we don't understand it or it gets too spiritual or weird to describe or to understand so it was you know there was a part of me that was like oh this is a bit too hard I'm just gonna you know go back to the more formalized business coaching that I'm doing teaching people about their marketing and their mindset and all those things that I also love And then I just kept, you know, someone would have a big thing going on and they couldn't understand where it was coming from and why they were thinking and feeling and responding certain ways or dismissing certain things. I'm like, I should just tell her about her archetypes and then we'll be all good. So I just ended up bringing it in until, you know, it's like it is the first step in every piece of work that anyone will do with me now, whether they're a private client or they do one of my programs. Everyone gets to know their Thrive Factor archetype. So I look at the archetypes through. All different lenses with relation to business and leadership.
0: And it's interesting how you were saying that some people didn't necessarily get it because a lot didn't. And maybe this is my particular one of my particular archetypes. But I've always had this fascination with any kind of personality quiz, you know, Myers Briggs, Enneagram, Human Design, any of those. I'm like, I just want to know everything I can know about myself. I find them interesting, but perhaps maybe that wasn't so common back then is that more common now or is it just that
1: it was the wrong language yeah i do believe it's more common what i think was different then was that it was a strange word for a lot of people they hadn't heard of archetype whereas these days we have like if i'm doing it you're speaking or teaching in a bigger audience i'll often ask her kind of a show of hands who's had the word archetype do you understand what it means and ask for people to interact and they get it right which delights me as I said, before I get like the room at blank stairs going, Oh, what's she going to be talking about? Was this weird stuff, which is very funny. But you know, we have, as we said, like right at the beginning, we as human beings, we live in a world where we're encouraged to know who we are. Often, I think, unfortunately, with a suggestion that there's something wrong or missing or broken about us. Yeah. And that is not the case at all. I don't believe that. There's some things that might not be working in harmony for us some things that might not be healthy for us but that doesn't mean we're we need fixing or we're broken or we're wrong or like all of that kind of stuff so there's always been this interest you know people have done quizzes like everything from the more formal ones that you shared to the you know what kind of disney character are you or you know what would you be if you were this a lot like all those fun ones that we see on social media people are curious by nature and we're curious to understand more about who we are And I do believe that that has been fed more by the personal development industry who also have benefited significantly. I think it's great that there's more people looking to understand who they are, but I also am mindful and I guess a realist around some of the dysfunction maybe in that industry too, where people have been, you know, certain things have been preyed on that you you must do this or know this or learn this to be the better, you know, a better version of yourself or the best person or whatever kind of language it is. Whereas, yeah, I think once we can know who we are and find a reliable system that supports us to know who we are, that's the start of us expanding to be who we are in the world. And I'm, you know, while I have my own framework of archetypes, I love it when people, like you said, like yourself, you, you've done all those kind of key different learnings. I've done them all too, fascinated by them. I often get asked what's different, but you know, what what's the same or what's different between what I do and what those other different things, are, particularly human design, because that seems to have just gone off the rocker in terms of how, you know, popular that is. Again, I have a whole other conversation around this <laughs> episode. Um, but I just think we, we're fed this, like, you, you, you need to know who you are. But I don't feel like in a way that we're also taught then to rely on that information and to take the sources of information that support us and make sense to us and make us feel like we want to feel, like we desire to feel in the world. You and I were talking before we recorded about that, the challenges that can exist in business when we've got so much noise and every time you turn around there's another person telling you, this is how it should be done and I will teach you how. And dismissing the reality that there is a billion different ways to get to the same outcome you know? and also the reality that we all have a different definition of success. So you know, you following somebody's fail proof or foolproof path is not necessarily going to you know, you're laughing. Not necessarily going to get you to what that they've promised because that was what worked for them, and they may be dismissing the different iterations of your own personal psychology and and you know and all the other ways that we can look at who we are. One of the things that I have
0: loved about knowing my archetypes is, and it's as you were saying, it's not about trying to fix yourself but learning about your archetypes and so one of my archetypes is inspire a believer and I was having a conversation with one of my good friends Anna who you of course know shout out to Anna just on the weekend and we were talking about you know sometimes when your inspire a believer isn't being nourished and isn't being fed, you can feel a bit flat and a bit unmotivated and a bit meh and so rather than going oh god what's wrong with me you can take that information and go, okay, which of my archetypes is being a bit more domineering at the moment and which one needs a little bit of love and a bit of nourishment and encouragement to come back out of her shell. And
1: that's one of the things I love about the fact that we have more than one archetype within, you know, a throw factor profile, if we want to use that language, because we're not linear, single individuals with a a single kind of pro like system or profile or personality we are multifaceted and there is going to be different times in our life in our work in our business in in our relationships where different parts of us are going to be called forward and be more dominant more bobsy in in the background being quiet and being able to understand what's at play and also how to use the strengths that you have innately makes such a difference and that's where we talk about activating your effortless success So every one of the 12 archetypes, as you may remember, has documented, and I expand these all the time, because every time I have a conversation with another woman, I get potentially another insight. Now we have started factor coaches out there in the world, also feeding me more information about the expression of the archetypes. But every archetype has her own innate strengths. When we say innate, we say that means born with. And she also has potential challenges. And the word potential is really key to understand here, because so, for example, if you have a copy of my Thrive Factor book, which is the kind of initial, int- well, second version of introduction to this book, the original version is no longer available because the Thrive Factor took it over. You will read about an individual archetype, and you may read, or I've talked about, the challenges for that archetype. But that's taking that archetype as an isolated one part of you. It's not taking into consideration that you have another, say, th- like in your situation, another four archetypes, two of which may completely influence those challenges so they don't become actualized for you but for somebody else with a different combination of archetypes their their different iterations of their strengths and potential challenges could amplify some of the challenges so they become actualized faster so it's understanding all of that like it's all good it's not not you know no no good at that here but as you said before you know and i love that you and anna were talking about the inspirer believer i know she was listening to a um, masterclass i just did recently on that archetype and It's, you know, every archetype being able to understand how it plays out in our world is so key so that when we have those potential challenges become actualized, we don't decide we need fixing, there's something wrong or broken, or this is terrible, or this is my lot. And that particular archetype tends to go to the place of helpless and hopeless. It's like, why am I bothering? i will just give up on everything. Whereas at the other extreme, she's the biggest cheerleader and an optimist and filled with you know, a desire to seek inspiration and be inspiring. So it can be quite an extreme. (laughs) So being able to understand that you can just be in that space of, you know what, this will pass. I've been here before. This is okay. This is part of who I am. And rightfully, as you also pointed out, what other archetypes have I got that I can support myself with right now? What strengths have I got? Because the more that we consciously and intentionally use our strengths, the more we activate our fellow success sign. And that's when we can be in a space of greater ease and harmony and flow in our life.
0: Are there particular, of of the 12, are there ones that are more common across women in business that you see a lot more of compared to some of the others? Or is it a pretty even spread?
1: Definitely not an even spread. There are some that I rarely see show up. And you also need to, I guess, keep in mind that I'm looking at the cross section of women that are attracted to my work. So it's not a cross-section of women across the world in business. But saying that, I can observe on social media and I can pick some dominant archetypes in a lot of women because we can't hide who we are, you know, even when we have the shapeshift your alchemist archetype and try to do that. But the common archetypes I see, and certainly in in my community, inspire a believer and mentor teacher are the two that show up in 99% of the profiling kind of experiences that I do and coaching I do with clients in any iteration, any format. Uh, and then you'll see uh, lots of mediator diplomats show up, a dash of liberator engineer, queen ruler, and shapeshifter alchemist. That's not to say that the others aren't important. We haven't even talked about their names yet. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and then sort of, kind of some advocate rescuer kicking in as well. But the, you know, the inspirable evidence we talked about, she's the archetype of inspiration. I call her the cheerleader often. She is here too. She loves to seek inspiration, but she also wants to be inspiring. The mentor teacher often refer to her as the wisdom woman. She is one of my aware archetypes that we share. Uh, she just has, a, as I said before, an unquestionable thirst for knowledge, but often gets distracted seeking new knowledge without integrating her yes own. Yes, familiar <laughs> with this right. Yes, <laughs> and I do, so don't you worry. And also honoring the wisdom that she has, the depth of wisdom. So that's why I often refer to her, I think, as the wisdom woman to remind the women with their mental teacher archetype about that. Media diplomat's the truth teller. She's all about things being fair, right, just, and equal. And business is such a great platform if you have something that you really believe in to use it as a platform for your voice and for your message. So that doesn't surprise me. Queen Ruler, archetype of leadership. Women that have a desire, which I know is one of your archetypes yes, as well, yes. um, women who have a huge desire to lead, often on a very large scale, doesn't mean they always will, um, but it's often an in, innate d- desire, let's just say, to to make a big impact in the world. Uh, and my one of my four archetypes is a visionary creator, which is also a very big picture, leadership-driven archetype that has ability to see what's possible not in a clairvoyant way, in a different kind of a way. And I've found that queen rulers are very attracted to that because queen rulers often have very big ideas and big kind of out there, never been done before, dreams and visions and ideas about things. And the visionary creator will either go, yep, go for it, that's awesome, or you can't see that happening. And that's what the queen rulers in my life, both friends and clients, have come to understand how they can use that (laughs) (laughs) for the good. Uh, what else? The Liberator Engineer, another one of my archetypes of my four, is a incredible lover of freedom, and the engineering part of that archetype refers to her ability to create systems and frameworks and solutions and everything that is around creating more ease and freedom in them for themselves and for everybody else. Uh, so I say that she's a you know the visionary creator saw the potential for the Thrive Factor framework in its early iterations where it had different names and everything, and the Mental teacher had the knowledge and the ways, you know, the systems, I guess, to go and learn more about the things that needed to be learned. And so as far as far, I believe, we got excited about it and you gave me the kind of fiery push to move forward. But the liberator engineer was the workhorse who was doing all of that, creating the bits and pieces and saw how it all fitted together. Um, and then the Shapeshifter Alchemist, I think, was the other one that I um, mentioned is that I often see coming up. The your Alchemist is the archetype of the, oh, she's the, fluid ever moving changing evolving that's the shapeshifter aspect of her but the kind of mystic she kind of prides herself on people don't really know who i am and likes that being kind of a woman of mystery in the background but at the same time can often want to be on a stage and sort of performing in some kind of a way and from a business perspective that can be as simple as speaking yeah it doesn't have to be going and doing acting but the of shapeshifters I know like to do part-time things like that as well and the alchemist part of that archetype talks to the fact that it's the one archetype that has an ability to manifest off the scale but manifest so anything so often we'll say we'll frequently say to shapeshifter alchemist be very mindful of what they're thinking saying feeling and doing because their thoughts words feelings and behaviors will become their reality no matter what they are so it's not always manifesting the good if your mindset's not great if you're not, you know, supporting yourself with healthy behaviours, if you're always talking about things that are going to go wrong because you think they will, they will. You know, it's a, it's a rapid kind of thing in most shapes. You just go, yep, I know that one. Some of the women that have that archetype love it. Others have a love-hate relationship with it because of that. You know, they've seen the not-so-good stuff. But that like, how cool, you can change that around. <laughs> Do you think most people, and you'll probably laugh
0: when I ask this question, Do you think most people can pick fairly accurately which of their archetypes will be their archetypes? And I ask this because I really thought that I would have Liberator Engineer. And as you know, when I had my profile done and I don't have Liberator Engineer, it took me a long time to come to terms
1: with it. (laughs) I do remember that. Yeah, And it's not uncommon for people to feel very drawn to an archetype. It makes sense to them. You know they'll hear me teach about it they hear the coaches talk about it they'll have conversations with friends that maybe have that archetype they'll have read the Factor book or some of the other work that i've done and they'll be like, that, that's definitely me 100 percent, 100 percent, right and what i have found very anecdotal but i've profiled over a thousand women now easily very anecdotally i can say that you'll get about 60 to 70 percent of your archetypes right because we do know ourselves whether we want to admit that we know ourselves is another thing entirely there's frequently a hidden part of us and this talks to the shadow aspect of the psychology of of you know who we are and when we look at shadow in a very simple way and i know you've done lots of you know study and understanding in this area but some of those listening may not have an awareness of it but it's talking about the parts of us our personality our behaviors our thoughts our feelings that we maybe don't understand feel very uncomfortable about don't like and have tried to dismiss in some ways so shadow gets a bad rap, yeah? When we look at tra- traditional uh, archetypes and archetypal psychology, it talks about light and shadow. And light was kind of this really cool, like, thing to aim for, and I talk about that as strengths and potential challenges. And, in fact, my own personal learning around the shadow of, you know, looking at that through the lens of different aspects of psychology, I can't understand, you know, that's actually the magic. That's where the deep wisdom and learning and understanding actually is in us being able to to go to the space where our shadow is and to understand where it's coming from, to then integrate what we can, the learning from that into the rest of everything else of who we are and what we do in the world, how we show up, how we interact. That's when we can become our our lightest sense of ourself, if you like, our strongest sense of self. So there's always that aspect of shadow where we, for various contributing reasons, will shy away from parts of ourself. And that's where we can incorrectly guess their archetypes, yeah. And all, I've I'll have had women that I have knowing that I've talked about having a certain archetype for years and then they finally get to a place where they get to confirm what their archetypes are and they're like, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But when we talk about, or we're doing this with you, we actually talked about the interaction of your other archetypes, mm. seeing how it could look like the liberator engineer was going to be there. Yes, yes, absolutely. So yeah. No, we
0: don't always get it right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's interesting, isn't it? I know that I was very attached to that. And when I wasn't, I was quite distraught. But then there were others that I, as you were just saying, I was quite surprised that I had inspire a believer. Because another friend of mine, shout out to Shanae, is who I think of like almost the ultimate inspirer believer. And she'd had her profile done quite some time before me and it's not an archetype that I would think of when I think of myself because I think of you know this being kind of more of a a Shanae type archetype so it was quite surprising when that came back yes it's always very insightful the things that you maybe don't see in yourself or as you say haven't allowed to kind of you've hidden them away or not allowed yourself to
1: explore that sure and yet it doesn't surprise me in knowing you as much as I did at that time, that you had the inspirer Believer archetype, because I see the way that you support others, and you're so you know here's two of your friends that you've managed to well, you know appropriately bring into the conversation <laughs> and give them a shout out, which is a very inspire Believer thing to do. But also from memory, you have the is it the Mediator Diplomat archetype yes, in your friend? yeah. I do. So I'm thinking that's the the thing, the Mediator Diplomat with that whole truth telling. She's very sensible very pragmatic and very practical and often likes to not make a big deal about things so when a woman has the mediator diplomat and the inspirer believer you get to see a toned down version of the inspired believer and often not as much excitement as you would see with someone without the mediator mm. diplomat your queen ruler archetype will also have some influence on you know wanting to hold a certain kind of impression in the world you know because queen rulers are the leaders so they you know, they're not going to be silly and princess like necessarily, right? Yeah. Um, with disrespect to any princessy people out there at all. But it's a different influence on the inspired believer than someone that doesn't have that. Yeah. In their profile. Mm. Yeah. It's all there. And I love it when there's someone that I'm working with or know and they, Know that they have the media and the Inspirable Leader because you don't often see the Inspirable believer share kind of in a public way. And when they do, I'm like, well, they already, there's the <laughs> Inspirable And then that gets my Inspirable believer very excited. I want to get my pom-poms
0: out. But- I love it. It's so interesting and so, so fascinating. Now, I know we, we did kind of allude to this a little bit earlier in the conversation, but when it comes to being in business knowing your archetypes is so much more than just knowing who you are it's being able to I guess pick the strategies that are going to work for you allow yourself to you know show up use social media do all of the things that feel right and good for you as opposed to you know what everyone else on the internet is saying that you you have to do to have a successful business reels anyone (laughs) yes (laughs) um So what are some, I guess, some of the insights that maybe you you could share around how archetypes can help people when it comes to um, marketing their business, how they show up, how they promote themselves, which obviously for women in business, it's something that we don't always feel, it doesn't always come that naturally. Again, maybe that's an archetypal thing around, you know, marketing and promoting ourselves, right?
1: And archetypes definitely find that a more effortless thing than others, for sure. (laughs) And, and over the course of working with the archetypes for such a long time now, and the fact that I predominantly am a, a coach that works in the space with, of women, with women in business and leadership, I have expanded, I guess, the, the knowledge base or the body of work around business. So in, as well as having the Thrive Factor Coach certification, which is kind of one part of my business, then I have my coaching arm um, in the business where I work with clients one-on-one or in programs that on average, I, don't, I really don't do one program, one or two masterclasses every month, like a new program. And they fall under a very broad range of what I call the four M's of momentum. So they relate to mindset, marketing, money, and magnetism. And then I've gone and I've looked at the archetypes in that way that they express themselves, both from the perspective of strengths and potential challenges in relation to those four M's. That's given me a chance to be able to then sit back and go, okay, so if we're doing a program, so say for example, I a program I ran earlier this year, I've run a few times now called The Invitation, which is my sales program. It's all around sales strategy. which Again, it's not something that we come to business necessarily knowing how to sell or feeling any degree of comfort about our ability to do it successfully or repeatedly. So selling is is it can be a big challenge for a lot of women and certainly there are some archetypes that will do it more effortlessly than others as with everything. So we, as well as the general business strategies around sales and selling and pricing and upselling like all the different things that I teach in that we had one module that was dedicated to the different sales style of each of the 12 archetypes so you could then take your archetype so you could for example take your five and look at the different sales strategies for those archetypes and then work out from that which you know it's like well what is the blend of these five together which archetypes do this more easily, which archetypes are potentially going to find it more challenging or uncomfortable. So how can I use, you know, aspects of my archetypes in general to support myself with that? So when it comes to, as one example, the mental teacher, which we've both mentioned that we have this archetype, the sales strategy for that archetype is around her making it really clear about the knowledge she has, but not overwhelming our audience with all the knowledge, because. Yeah? It's an archetype that knows a lot and is always learning. So she's got more and more and more and more to share. So she can often be quite voracious with her content creation and it can be very almost too intellectual rather than socially kind of engaging and focused in that kind of a way. So it's about really understanding those ins and outs of that archetype and knowing that when it comes to selling, sharing a tip or sharing a piece of educational information is actually part of her being in her success zone. The Inspire Believer is the, the, the being the inspiring one, being the cheerleader, putting the positive, optimistic, enthusiastic spin on something, getting fired up about things, bringing that into your marketing. And also with that archetype, as we've talked before, about she can have extremes of energy. I mean, energy is her primary currency, really. It's the way she interacts with the world. If she's not feeling it, and this I know goes in line with where you're at with flow as well, I'm looking at, the different phases of a, of a cycle you know there's certain parts of your cycle if you're still in that space or if you've moved on to other cycles because you're no longer menstruating but that you there's times in your in your life seasonal times or so different other aspects that your energy is not going to be as great mm-hmm. it's a not schedule to go and do a launch or to do a whole day's worth of content creation or whatever you do it's not going to work yeah you know? so Learning that the archetype is around capturing in the moment kind of sparks of inspiration. Yeah, do it, you know, right there and then. So I know for me, when my mental teacher archetype has been teaching in some capacity, so session with a client or one of my groups or as a program that I'm doing, that I often finish up that call or that experience and I have a head full of ideas. It could have been things that have shared, things that were coached about, new ideas that came or different ways to remind us and things. I will often, so I'm, I'm full of ideas. So the mental teacher is on fire and the is like, I have to share this. I have to tell someone. So that's when I will often go and capture a short video that can end up at some point on my social media, not necessarily straight away. Yeah. They're capturing that in the moment so that when people are engaging with that content, there can be more magnetism, which can help support sales also I'm not going or twiddling my thumbs going, what am I going to share today? I've got to put a post out and it's got to be sales driven and I can't do this. I can't think of anything. It's like, no, I've got 10 videos I can pull on that all relate to what I want to share. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I love that. Use the energy when you have it.
0: Don't try yeah. and force it when it's not there.
1: Because yeah. it, it, you know, it comes and goes. We all understand that no matter what way we look at our energy and understand energy there are times when we are going to feel like we have nothing to say and no one's going to listen and this is irrelevant of which archetypes you've got (laughs) where you go and you you know you watch a whole lot of stuff on say a social media platform or on youtube or you read a few emails they all seem so perfect and so ideal and we've given them all these labels and then we come back and go i can't write like that i can't speak like that you know it's it's part of being human but there are archetypal influences to that as well for sure yeah but yeah coming back to knowing this is why self-awareness and self-understanding I frequently more frequently am saying are two of the most underrated assets in life and business rather than getting lost in the someone told me I had to do this and it would work or 10 people said this was the way to get this result so I'm going to do that and it goes completely against What makes sense to you, what you value, how you like to interact with people, it's not going to work for you the same way. No. Yeah, absolutely. I
0: think that has been one of my biggest learnings, particularly the last couple of years of just being able to let go of all of the things you're supposed to do and just trust what feels right for me. And sometimes I experiment with things and it works and it's great. And then other things I'm like, "Mm, didn't really work out. I'm going to try something else
1: it's great you know you go and try things on yeah but where I get concerned is and this is a big thing in the coaching industry no matter what kind of coaching we're talking about we're talking life health business anything there is so much of this but I've got to do exactly what my coach said Mm -hmm. you know ascribing to this person so it's giving your power away and this is like a whole other topic of conversation (laughs) but It is a form of giving your power away. But when you've got a grounded sense of who you are and it comes from one or more reliable systems, frameworks, solutions, whatever you call it, whatever your experience has been, you have a different level of grounded confidence where you might not get as swayed for as long or you might not even go there at all. You can make decisions and go, you know what? That looks like the most exciting thing to do, but I don't have the time right now. I don't choose to invest put my money into that right now you know one thing I learned for myself years ago was that if something's meant to be it will come back to me and I worked on trusting that it would come back in a even more enticing format ie a cheaper price or a better location or a better time or something like that you know but being able to have that grounded sense of self means that you're less likely to get swayed and to get pulled into others lanes because they're of some very dominant, influential, noisy people out there, some who are doing incredible work, others who are creating a whole lot of you know, challenge, I will say, trauma, <laughs> very different degrees of things.
0: Uh, yes, couldn't, couldn't agree more. Now, we've been chatting for almost 45 minutes now, so we're probably yeah. running out of time. Is there any final words of wisdom or anything that you would like? To share with people listening.
1: It really just goes to what we talked about in that last piece, Laura, is that whatever way you find to better understand who you are, do it. Yeah. And keep backing yourself. I have had so many conversations over such a long time. I've been in business nearly 17 years now, and this sort of capacity of coaching business owners and those in leadership. And so often I've had conversations with people who have given up on themselves or believed something someone said or an internal dialogue or belief or thought process that's said they can't and they shouldn't and you know all these kind of things i love ambitious people you know and i love the quiet as i say, the quiet rebels of the world those are like you know what i'm gonna do it my own way i don't need to make a big noise about it i'm just gonna show up and do my way and find the right people to support me to be me whatever that is like I love talking about meeting my clients where they're at and I, I don't have well I have lots of little mini programs that are teaching focus they're not coaching focus when it comes to working me one-on-one or in masterminds it's about where are you at where do you want to go and I'll work with you from where you are at now supporting you to get to where you want to be rather than this is the process you must follow kind of thing because again it's 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 Dismissing the fact that people are all at different stages and have different gifts, strengths, wisdom, things to contribute. Yeah? So find your people to support you. I don't know you've got a, a fantastic community supporting you, and trust yourself. Yeah, back yourself. Trust yourself. Anyone that tells you there's only one way or there's only a handful of ways, run away from them a mile. <laughs> Go back to <laughs> your own wisdom, of who you are.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So if people would like to maybe come and find out a little bit more about you and about the archetypes, maybe have their profiling done, where is the best place for them
1: to come and find all of that information? The best place to go where you'll be able to access all of the current things that I have, plus all my social media links, uh, how to get profiled, book a call with me if you're interested in coaching, find out what my latest masterclasses and programs are, is go to the thrivefactorco.com and then forward slash shannon dash, dash links So I've given Laura that link so yeah. I know she'll share it with everybody. Yeah. But, and you know, if in doubt, come and find me on Instagram. So shannon underscore the Thrive Factor and my link in bio is that link because it's got all the latest things that I have available. So, yes, it's got all sorts of different things. And just recently I started a 12-month series of doing an archetype, a month masterclass. So we've done the Inspirable believer for July uh, it will be the mentor teacher and we'll go on from there until we've covered all 12 and then cycle back again so there's so many different ways to learn about the archetypes and also you know get yourself profiled in a profiling session with myself or a Thrive Factor coach and if you're not sure where to start then you can reach out and we can have a conversation.
0: Awesome well thank you we'll make sure we'll pop all of those links in the show notes. And yes, if you're listening to this and you're interested, it's piqued your curiosity, I really highly recommend having your profiling done because it is so fascinating. And these are probably my most favorite of all of the different types of personality things I've done because it's the one thing that, as you explained, it's not just about knowing the good things. It's also about understanding maybe the hidden parts and
1: how to bring bring them out I, of the shadow and embrace them. So love um, hearing that, Laura. I really appreciate you sharing that because mm-hmm. I often get people say, I've done other things. I've done lots of other things. This is the only one that's really helped me, makes it like understand who I actually am. So yeah. And
0: do something with it, I think is the yeah. the part as well. And all of the. knowledge that you share and in your books and things it's not just you have these archetypes it's and this is what it means and this is how you can use it
1: you can use it to thrive (laughs) yeah awesome well
0: thank you so much as i said we'll pop all of your links in the show notes and yeah
1: people can come hang out with you on instagram yes thank you so much i'm so appreciate talking to you again and the opportunity to come and chat to you Thank you so
0: much for tuning in to this conversation with Shannon. I hope that you really loved learning all about the Thrive Fact archetypes. As I said, if you're interested in finding out more about Shannon, maybe getting your archetype profile done, which I highly recommend, you can find all of her links and contact details in the show notes for this episode. And if you enjoyed this episode and you got a lot out of it, I would be so grateful if you could share it with some of your business besties or share it to social media and tag both Shannon and I. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll catch you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the With Flow podcast. If you got value from this episode, I would be so grateful if you could share it with your friends or leave a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for helping me spread the word. See you on the next episode.